0: Day one lasts one day, right? Day two is forever. So how do you create those operational efficiencies that create scale over time? And I think from our perspective, that's where we're advising our customers that have our traditional products.
1: Welcome to The Wrap, Resource as a Podcast. I'm Nick Cressy, Managing Director of Strategic Partnerships, joined by Kyle Hall, our lead consultant and director of operations. Each week, we will bring you a conversation with leading industry players to spotlight emerging technology, share best-in-class carrier insights, and discuss how innovative tech is driving businesses forward. Whether you're an operating partner at a private equity firm, a CIO, or other business leader, tune in weekly as we share insights from the expanding playing field of digital transformation.
2: Today, we're joined by Ryan Williams, manager of the Prisma SD-WAN Ecosystems Business Unit with Inside Palo Alto. I'm sure many listeners will know the name Palo Alto. Not as many will know Prisma. It's an exciting conversation. We're talking about the SASE and the convergence of network and network security. Great conversation. Some really interesting points as far as the business case for evaluating this product and and ultimately deploying it hope you enjoy
1: welcome to the wrap ryan williams manager channel sales at palo alto Networks. what's going on today ryan
2: we are running about a
0: million miles an hour just finished a year-end close on the 31st of july so just grinding through fiscal year planning and launching launching the next great year
1: that's great man we've been talking for several years now back in your cloud jetx days How's the acquisition been? How have you enjoyed that, that process? I, lo- I love that you start with that, Nick.
0: So I will not give you the rainbows and unicorns answer. So with any large acquisition, nine, I'll tell you this, 99% of it was fantastic, right? So we're getting more scale. We have more resources. We've got additional products, cloud security that we can bring the Sassy message together. You know, partners are really bought into everything we're doing. So everything from a market perspective is awesome. There's some operational headaches along the way. So again, not all, not all rainbows and unicorns, right? I mean, integrating two large ecosystems and the products and the, the SKUs and just the kind of nuances that come with that can be challenging. But you know, here we are almost 18 months later, and we're long clear of that, finally. So that's, that's good news. So I would say overall, fantastic. A couple of the small headaches along the
1: way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we navigate those markets. We totally understand that M&A is always difficult. So, look, we have you on here today. To talk Sassy. Before we started recording, we're talking security. It's front and center in everyone's mind right now, especially in the IT leaders' world. Uh, tell us a little. Give us a little preamble on Sassy and how you guys are attacking the market right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think the acquisition of CloudGenics by Palo Alto Networks again, almost eighteen months ago, April of twenty twenty. I think, if anything, what it did was it it put a pin or it was an affirmation of the market. Right? It said that. Everything Gartner's been saying, everything all the analysts have been saying, that network products and security products, right, those two industries are colliding and those paradigms are becoming one under the umbrella of SASE, right? Now, SASE is a Gartner term, right? The Secure Access Service Edge, for those that that aren't familiar, it was coined in August 2019 in an analyst report by Gartner called the Future of Network Security is in the Cloud. Um, But it's nothing new for us. We've been talking about secure WAN, secure network architecture for years, Right, secured cloud delivery of WAN. These are things that were fundamental to the value proposition of cloud Genics. I think the acquisition was the affirmation. And for me, what, what it represents is just an and for you guys and for your customers is an enormous opportunity, right? So we have a global leader in security, the worldwide recognized leader of Palo Alto Networks in security products and services, established the initial application derivative firewall, right? I mean, that was our claim to fame. That's what, what made Palo Alto Networks famous. And you've got the first application defined. SD WAN provider and Cloud Genics coming together into, you guessed it, an application-defined, you know, SASE model to deliver best in class products from security and networking perspective down to customer's edge to create efficiencies, scale, and security. And you know, aside from the operational things <laughs> that we chatted about, right? Kind of getting those things to jive, those products are on the truck. They've been on the truck for two and a half years, even prior to the acquisition. We were working together. So this. From a product perspective, it's not new. From a customer perspective, and in, in the way our partners and customers view products, it's not new. It's just coming together into one company, one story, one vision, and I think that's really powerful.
2: Ryan, so a lot of synergies on your guys' side. I think where we're seeing it and where we're working a lot with the with the IT leaders we work with is the synergies, you know, in their own organizations between the networking teams and the security teams. It seems it seems like that's really that's a business case that a lot a lot of the companies we work with are looking at. What are you guys seeing kind of let's on the other side of your sales process, right? where maybe you go into a company and they're they're an existing Palo Alto customer, you know, legacy security products customer, and you guys go in now and you know you're you're bringing some of these new product sets to market. What does that look like for that organization on the other side of it? Guys, crazy. It, it's
0: completely it's just we call it snowflake syndrome, right? Every customer is definitely different in how they approach this. And I think to your point, traditionally these two environments, security and network again, are siloed off within specifically large organizations, right? We play in the enterprise space, the mid-market, larger global organizations, and and there's usually teams of people on on each one of these sets of products. And internally, I think a lot of organizations, some are struggling, right? Some are saying who owns what and kind of where's the ownership and where's the the accountability or where's the the benefit, and they're trying to figure out how do those two teams come together. Some organizations have have jumped in with both feet and have said, look, we know that that this is one project. We know that we can't have a security Conversation without talking network. We can't have a network conversation without talking security. I think that's what SD WAN did as a whole, right? As one of the guys who was really early into the SD WAN industry, selling it five and a half years ago, four and a half, five years ago, and talking about WAN products and how the market was going to change. I think my lens looking in the rearview mirror has changed a little, Kyle, from some of our first conversations four years ago that I think SD WAN was a catalyst industry for SASE, right? It was really the jumpstart that allowed these products to come together. And from a business perspective, what that means. Is operational efficiencies and the ability to not only deploy solutions, which is great because day one cost savings, day zero cost savings, that's important, right? You guys probably talk about that quite a bit as you engage with different portfolio managers and different large customers. But day one lasts one day, right? Day two is forever. So, how do you create those operational efficiencies that create scale over time? And I think from our perspective, that's where we're advising our customers that have our traditional products. You said legacy, I don't like that word. I'll say traditional. Products and having conversations about the future state, it's less about the product. And without a doubt, it's more about the business impact. And to your question, just getting very direct, I think a lot of organizations are are struggling with what is that business impact? Who does it impact at the organization? And how do they need to restructure internally to support kind of a new network and security delivery model, right? A new Netsec model. And that's something that I think you guys play a critical role in. And we believe that we do a good job of helping you kind of navigate that within the customer. Infrastructure within the customer ecosystem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll say, you know, the security side of it, I, you know, get a lot of it gets a lot of attention, a lot of press these days, especially. But I'll tell you, a lot of times the networking is is you know, it's kind of the redheaded stepchild of the of the IT family, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where if it's not making any noise, we're not hearing anything from it. Hey, let's 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 not touch it. Let's leave it over there. And I think what we find often is it's it's an untapped area of of efficiencies of freeing up. You know your team's capacity to execute on more strategic projects. You know, I think when we were talking when we were talking before here, you were talking a little bit about the the future for you guys and AI ops, and I think that's that's really going to pour gasoline on this fire. You want know, to talk any about that?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. So I think that we think the the market is without a doubt going to AI operations. Many of our largest customers, right? They they certainly use. Our API platforms that we have in both products, and they and they build and design workflows to support new products, new services, right? And most importantly, here, guys, is, is the business outcome associated with that, right? So, rather than you know you know I can nerd out all day with you, and I'm I'm a technologist. I like I like nerding out, but I'll say from a business perspective, I think the best way to maybe highlight that point is to tell customer stories, right? So I think about a customer like one of the largest financial institutions in the world i won't use the name but 5800 global branch retail banking locations right 5x that in terms of atms and potential other locations if we look at the brick and mortar those 5800 global branch banking locations for this customer of ours that's fully deployed right they were leveraging a competitive wan environment this was a wan sale initially they were leveraging a competitive wan environment and they had 141 people i think 143 people on a professional services annual contract from our competitor right which is not completely uncommon for a network of that size with heavy security requirements and you know what we were really able to do for them was not only simplify deployment but we reduced that overall you know kind of cost burden and that overall infrastructure burden from 143 people down to 2 now obviously, there's a huge cost impact for that. And that's great. And like I said, day one cost savings is phenomenal. What I think is maybe a lot more relevant is the mitigation of risk. And to your point, like that freeing up of capacity that comes into play with that, meaning that when you only have two people that are running scripts and monitoring everything in a single pane of glass for all those locations, right? And then you have some backups and some other folks, and maybe they leverage some professional services, which this customer does, or partners like you guys, right? There's a lot of ways you can kind of augment that support but primarily they have two people that kind of have their hands in this in this management when you think about that right they're running scripts and they're looking at real time implications of what's happening on the network and application performance and business outcomes rather than okay we've got 143 people constantly cycling in and out of this environment who's on the clock who's not how do we manage that who made changes oh they didn't document their change now that may sound stupid right but but that happens and there's a real impact to something if there's an error made and there was a fat finger, for lack of a better term, on a policy change that didn't get documented properly in that in that change management document that that needs to govern those hundred and forty people. And all of a sudden, nobody can figure out what happened. Eventually, we've got this kind of Franken monster of policy and CLI that creates poor business outcomes and issues with not just performance, but you know creates gaps in security posture and a number of other kind of tangible impacts that that affect the business and, and create risk for the organization. So I think. You know, the AI ops conversation is about, okay, let's deploy network as a service. That's the former Cloud GenX solution now called Prisma WAN. That's our new branding. Then we have our cloud security platform, Prisma Access, which is more than just firewall in the cloud. It's all the other features, DLP, IoT, IPS, IDS, all those things that come with, you know, zero trust in, in, in looking at a cloud security paradigm. Those are kind of your foundation in my mind. Then the next thing is this concept of digital performance experience management or ADEM. You may... Be familiar with digital experience management. That's something we're branding and selling and talking about today, where we can create one policy for network and security and then visualize that and show performance statistics around that. There's business implications to that where or organizations can make real change in real time. And then lastly, how do I manage that, right? That AI ops conversation, how do I do that at scale? What's the impact to that financially and from a security perspective for us? And those are the things that we're helping customers kind of navigate that end state and many of our larger customers are doing that today, right? DevOps is a really critical part of those large customer infos, both from a network and security perspective. We're the only vendor out there bringing it together. So that's that's kind of our vision in, in what we're doing today.
1: You guys have a long track record of, of kind of seeing around the corner. So I'd like to get your, your take on how 5G is going to enable and impact SaaS. In a
0: multitude of ways across kind of every area of infrastructure, 5G is going to make an impact. Now, I don't want to sit there. I'm not the guy, Nick, that's gonna sit there and, and go, look, If you're not in 5G right now, you're dying, right? That, that's just not the case. I think how many times have we heard that, right? For the last 10 years, people have been talking about, hey, 5G is gonna change the world. It is gonna change the world and it's absolutely gonna happen. And for now, right now, we're starting to see real impact, specifically in like large geographically distributed retail, right? 4G and 5G are relevant, mostly in a failover scenario today, but we're starting to see production capacity networks. We're starting to see 5G become a production standard in some markets, right? Where, it's, where you guys know those markets where it's being deployed at scale. And there's no doubt that that's gonna increase, right? That's going to continue. So we have to be thinking about what's our role in that process. And you asked from a SASE perspective, let's think about that from a network and a security perspective. From a security perspective, 5G has a lot of implications and we are 5G ready from a security perspective today, right? We have products and services out there today that support 5G. And we understand kind of how that, that impact's going to take place. From a network perspective, I think that's a little bit more challenging because we think about how do those 5G networks, how are they going to terminate? Are they going to be over air? Are they going to terminate to some sort of physical medium? So I think we have to be cognizant of that. And we are, right? We're developing products that can terminate. We have obviously products that terminate 4G today. Those also terminate 5G environments. And we have to think about from a hardware perspective, does hardware go away? in a true 5G environment? I think it might, right? But how, does, how do we create the same user experience, the same throughput, and all of those different things around 5G? I think if anyone tells you they got that completely figured out right now, I don't think they're telling you a full truth. I think we're all kind of navigating through that. I think you'll hear a lot more to come from us on that. There's also a being very transparent, right? There's a cost burden associated with creating new products around 5G when it's not fully deployed in production at scale yet. So I think we have to kind of balance the economics of that as well, but certainly something that's involved in every conversation we have.
2: Yeah, it seems like we're probably going to need to see, you know, consumer adoption to help finance the mobile providers to actually do it. And then the business services will, will follow once once the clear kind of proof is in the pudding on those networks and the network capacities build right. out. I totally agree. And I, I got to be honest, I think I think we're starting to see the impact of that from a consumer perspective. Anybody else
0: seeing worse cell phone? I was asked this question. You seeing worse cell phone service lately? Like I am. Like I randomly get this intermittent issues with like my data and voice services on my provider that I really never had any problems with for the last five to ten years. And I'm pretty confident it's because they're upgrading a lot of those networks and they're doing it as fast as they can. And I think I think we're we're feeling that a little bit. Those of us that that use those devices too much, like everybody on this call. I think we're all feeling that a little bit. You know, I don't have any facts to point to that, but I think to your point, Kyle, I think we're seeing it. Heard it first here. Ryan Williams said it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. Right on. So, hey, one, one thing we didn't, we didn't dive too deep into, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't. You hit it on a couple of different occasions. But one thing we see when we go in, especially when we do like budget reviews, we see a lot of point solutions, a whole lot of. You know, and I think there's a lot of implications when you see that, right? Both from from the overhead that's involved just from an administrative an administrative standpoint on the client side, but also the, the administration and management of those tools. I think you guys are targeting some of that. I wanna speak to that any because that's where we see a whole lot of efficiencies, not just on the on the human side, but on really pulling tool sets together and trying to get out of point solution. You know
0: deployment. I mean, it's a, it's a great point.
2: There's a few things I want to hit
0: there. So the, the first one is that on average, I'll give you facts, right? On average, we did, we did CIO surveys across some of our largest customers. we got a ton of response on it. And on average, large you know enterprise type organizations have over 30 security products in their environment, just security products, not even counting networking products. So when I think about that, I think about a number, let's just stay in a very thin vein so we can kind of highlight some of that. And then obviously for all the audience that's going to see this, right, those problems become larger at scale, right? But I'll keep it in a thin vein to try to make the point. So 30 plus products in a customer environment, you mentioned some of the challenges, which is how do I, the administrative burden of it, certainly the cost, the dollar factor to it, those are, those are real things. I would even argue that, and we're seeing analyst reports, the most recent update from Gartner around SASE is how are your products working together from a technical perspective? Because we all know what it's like to get two products to integrate together. It's not perfect, right? And if you've got 30 products, they're not gonna work together seamlessly. I don't care what anyone tells you. So there are going to be gaps in your posture. We talk a lot about security posture. You couple that with the fact that the traditional security perimeter is gone. And that's something that everyone on the call that listens to this, all of the the folks that that are customers or advisors for customers, please pay attention to this. If you take one thing away from this, other than you know that Ryan's a really good looking smart guy, please take away that the reality, right the 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 cold, hard truth of of that impact, and at least in my mind, is that when you have gaps in posture, you create risk, right? And when you think about the impact of trying to connect all of those different applications, you are you are exposed right the the natural migration that needs to take place for larger clients is to move to a platform based architecture where you can get all of your different features and services into a single pane of glass into a single management plane and that's really really important to create efficiencies and economies of scale for large organizations and to mitigate risk so we're seeing customers very much responding to that The security perimeter is gone. It used to be a firewall in the data center. Everybody connected via a dedicated managed VPN back into that data center environment that we egress the internet. That security perimeter is gone. It doesn't exist, right? You got users everywhere. You've got applications everywhere. You have to be thinking about, can't have a consistent, let me put it this way. If you can't have a consistent model for how you route traffic to get to those applications because the traditional security perimeter is gone, so that's no longer on the table, then you need a consistent ideology for how you manage and all of those applications and, and security features and services integrate together, right? That's where you get your consistency. It's no longer in the underlying architecture, it's in the platform and the orchestration of those services and features. So that's, that's kind of our general thesis as we've acquired 18 plus companies over the last two years, as we've integrated those products into a platform and been able to deliver them as a service to clients, we're allowing clients to be agile, flexible, and secure and adjust for market demand and, and, and have high performance, right? That's, that's the ideology.
2: Yeah, that's outstanding. I mean, you know, you guys are taking on the responsibility for pulling those things together and making sure there's not gaps between them, right? And you're doing it in environments all over the world versus, you know, you're taking somebody in the organization who has to stitch all those things together. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sieve, right? I mean, it's, there's holes all over the place. Yeah, I no, appreciate that.
1: Ryan, this has been great. We could talk all day about this stuff maybe we run it run it back with you down the road because this has been really good and i got plenty of follow-ups but we do like to keep this bite sized and digestible for folks so let's let's leave you with a couple quick hitters we ask everyone this that joins first is what's one piece of tech you can't live without don't say your phone or your computer
0: one piece of tech i can't live without Um, God, I think I would have said my AirPods with the old matchsticks, right? The Gen 1s that never went bad. Now I have the fancy ones and they seem to disconnect all the time on me. I don't know what the heck Apple did, but I think I'd have to say Bluetooth, AirPod type products because I'm just on the phone all day.
1: Can't beat that. All right. And we like to make people money here if they listen all the way through anyway. One hot tech stock that that you're hot on right now.
0: Oh, man, that's such a loaded question. We've got earnings coming up in in a few days. So I'm going to just be extra safe here. I would say, if I were anyone on this call, I would think about investing in security products in general, even my competitors, right? If you look at all of our competitors that are publicly traded, you think about security as a whole, I think we've seen enough examples. Just look at the last six months, right? With Keystone and the Russia mess and all those other things that are happening. Nation state actors you know, uh, having an impact on financial markets, on infrastructure. I mean, these are real problems that we're seeing in the world. And I think that security vendors, it's it's incumbent on us, right? Our our mission as a company, right, and our vision is to is is to think about how we make each day safer than the one before. And I think all security vendors have not just a company mission, but really a standard or an obligation to help secure the infrastructure that keeps this country alive. And I would highly recommend that people look at security, technology, stocks, look at the historical performance. And by the way, I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. So please feel free not to heed my advice.
1: Neither am I. You should see my portfolio recently. It's an absolute nightmare. But yeah, we still got good ideas here. And by the way, PANW is your guys' ticker symbol. So we'll be be watching for those earnings. We appreciate the time. And thanks again for joining us. and, And we'll be in touch soon.
0: Thanks guys. Really appreciate the opportunity and really appreciate your partnership over the last five years. It's it's not just been good for business for both sides, but it's been a friendship. So thank you. Great having you on, Ryan.
1: Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Great conversation with Ryan. We've been talking to him for several years now. You know, I, I may have mentioned it before, but what's really exciting to me, Kyle, is as we dig deeper into SASE, we're really starting to see that this this network transformation piece is going to just change the world of networking. Like This is not a a small step. As we start talking 5G, 4G, of course, the empowerment, the scalability, the deployability that this technology is going to to provide companies is, I kind of liken it to the the change from pots to, to void, it's a big, big difference.
2: It is a big difference. And, you know, the thing that's interesting in a lot of the network space, right, you talk circuits, that sort of thing. It's, it's largely a commodity discussion, right? And not really things that move the needle. I mean, we've had instances we go in and transform networks from from a legacy MPLS network, save 40%. You know, we're kind of patting ourselves on the back. think we did you know, think we think we really moved the needle, and the feedback we're getting, you know at times has been, hey, forty percent is really great. Love it. Also, we've got a lot of strategic projects here and other priorities. I think the thing that that Sassy is doing that SD-WAN never really fully accomplished is bringing enough things together. Enough areas of the business that are getting in touch that it's a pretty strategic discussion and highly impactful. So, you know, we're, we're really excited about it. I think it's it's kind of bringing it back to the forefront.
1: From a market appetite perspective, are you seeing CIOs lean into this yet? or IT leaders curious? I know we talked about a case study with one of our recent EEO owned clients. What's the level of education and understanding of this, of this technology as you're talking to, to IT leaders? I think there's still a lot a lot to learn, specifically, you
2: know, in the nuance between each of the vendors and in how they're going to market with it. I mean, at a concept level, it, it's kind of intuitive. It makes a lot of sense to to leaders that have been managing these environments, but really diving in and sorting between the nuance of them. That's where a lot of our work with, with those IT leaders has been. And I think where, you know, even when it's not with us, where they're spending a lot of time.
1: Well, regardless, it's an exciting time to be in the market. It's an exciting time. Again, I, I- keep going back to when we talked to one of the Avant folks and they said, look, this is one this is or 2% market saturation, market penetration. So this is where it's going. I'm excited to see the transformation and I'm excited to, to help empower it. Because empower like you said, going from MPLS to MPLS, saving some money, it's a good story. But are you really moving that business forward? I think this is that true transformation that, that gets me excited to talk to clients. Yeah,
2: these are these are exciting engagements. Probably my my second most exciting. I mean, my my favorite. I think you know. I've got a, I've got a soft spot for the contact center stuff, but really enjoy these as well. So you know, and the feedback's been good. I mean, the places the places we've implemented it, the the end users are you know the the network admins, those sort of people are like, wow, that was quick. This is easy to manage and deploy, and you know, feedback's been great. So excited to you know see the market expand for it
1: yeah before we before we jump fast you said it it's quick everyone that comes on here says how fast this is to get up and running integrated which is exciting because when you think network and network transformation you're typically not thinking of speed no you're not all right cool we will be back next week with another episode thanks guys that's a wrap Thanks for listening to The RAF Resourceive as a Podcast. For more information about Resourceive and how we are creating value for our clients, find us at resourceive.com or reach out to us directly at theraf at com.